Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Amy Irvine, CEO of Rooted Planning Group, and I am excited to bring you this second to last podcast for 2023. Uh, we have some big news I mentioned last time. I'm not ready to release it quite yet. So stay tuned to the final episode next week to hear something exciting about the podcast coming up. Um, for those of you that have been listeners, this podcast for a long time, this podcast has actually been going since 2016. Can't believe it. As we start to think about the end of the year, uh, first of all, this particular session that we're going to be doing today is about family finance, holidays, and the emotional bowl that kind of gets stirred up around that time of year. Next week, we're actually going to bring the whole team together and we are going to provide you with our favorite financial tip that we've learned over the years that works really well for us or thoughts that you might want to enter 2024 with. Uh, and then again, we have a big announcement coming, so make sure you stay tuned. Now, if you're looking for a wine tip this week, uh, I will mention that we are not necessarily recommending a specific wine winery, but a type of wine that we've discovered recently. My husband and I have really enjoyed, so now we're on the lookout for it. But it's a sparkly rosé or a sparkly red blend. So it's it's got the fizziness, sort of of a champagne or Prosecco, but it's that red flavor or rosé flavor that we tend to like versus I'm not a, a huge champagne uh, fan but um, or, or Prosecco. I like it, but I'm not a huge fan of it. But you give me a sparkly red or a sparkly rosé, especially around the holiday season. And I really, I really enjoy that. So your mission is to go to your local wine shop and ask for a sparkling rosé or a sparkling red blend and see what they have in the store. With that said, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that today's podcast was going to be focusing on family, the holidays, finances, and the big old bowl of uh, stuff we're going to be stirring up when we bring that 
to the surface. And I, to prepare for this podcast, I actually dug out some of my training materials from when I went through the financial therapy program um, through the Financial Therapy Association earlier this year. And I thought it might be helpful to give a couple of sort of thoughtful um, definitions as I lead into some ideas that I could share for, for you and your family. Uh, when I was going through the training program, one of the things that we learned was general systems theory. And basically, um, sort of systems can be open systems or systems can be closed systems. Let me take a, a step back for just a moment and say that general system theories, um, systems are maintained, uh, and I'm quoting some of the material that I, I learned from, but systems are maintained by the mutual interaction of their parts. Therefore, therapists need to focus on the interactions rather than the individual's or the personalities. And that key word I think that's in there is their interactions rather than the individual or personalities. And with family, financial therapists cannot ignore large systems, meaning, you know, that it's got to be the bigger of the whole, right? You got to take into consideration the context, the community, the culture, the politics, all of that stuff that's embedded within the family. So going back to the the um, idea of opened and closed systems, and, and this is, and you'll see the, stick with me here because you'll see the importance in just a moment, but an open system, and again, I'm quoting from the materials from the Financial Therapy Association that were provided to me for the certification, um, an open system is continuously interacts with its environment and it sustains itself through that constant exchange of resources. So trading of materials and energy for goods, um, and I'm using that in kind of the context of manufacturing, but um, able to self-govern, adapt, expand, develop over time. And, And good examples here are hospitals, people, families, governments. A closed system is going to be more mechanically oriented. Um, so it's going to be a machine operates in a particular insular environment. There's no exchange with the environment. It just remains fixed. And a classic example of this is a rock. And sometimes I know some of you are going to say, my family feels like a rock, but that's an example. So a rock, um, families can also tend towards a closed system, but not in the way that we're thinking. I mean, they can be insulated or isolated. Um, within their environment. But that's when we think about open and closed systems, the that's a piece that we need to take into consideration is that families can create a closed system and they also are an open system um, because there's, you know, there's so much going on at any given time. When we're looking at a family as a whole, we're looking at things like input, which is of course money, time, labor, energy. That's your input side of things. So as you're thinking about your family, where does the input come through or come from? And most people, it's a job or dividends or, you know, whatever their, um, whatever their money or their input is, but then it's also their time and their labor that would be considered an input. Um, another concept is, uh, throughput, right? So process used by systems to convert inputs into products. Um, so planning, decision makings, meetings, I would say shaping kind of. And then there's output, which would be a, a processing of those inputs. It can be a technical, it can be human, it can be financial, right? So you got input, throughput, output, and then the last piece is feedback. 
So that's information developing from data or processing of the system that can be uh, utilized to make something more efficient. I share those terms with you because as we think about a family, we think about getting even more into the, the concept of a family. And when families get together, uh, some of the uh, discussions and differences uh, that families seem to have, even when they were raised under one roof. I, I don't know the number of people I've talked to that have said, I don't get it. My brother and sister or my sister and sister or whatever, your your family was raised under the same roof. And yet we have completely different approaches to our values, our money, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Well, influence can change that. What if it starts to become an issue and and now we need to take a look at it from what if it's like a husband and wife or, you know, something along those lines? then now we need to start having conversations about how do we come back to center? So an example of what I just went through, um, again, this was information that was provided by the Financial Therapy Association. So I'm just using some examples that they gave specifically. But when we think about family finances, the input is going to be the money a family receives from employment, gifts, inheritance, all that sort of thing. The throughput is going to be money going into a checking account, a savings account, then going out by check. Uh, transfer could be, um, you know, however the family manages their process, right? And then the output is going to be goods and services that um, that the family money utilizes. And it could be things like mortgage, food, insurance, transportation. The feedback is going to be the bank or the other account statements showing balances, comparisons to budget spending plans, all of that sort of stuff. Now, why are all of those important in this particular conversation when I start to, when you're like, Amy, where are you going with this? For eight minutes, I've been listening to you. Where are you going with all this? All of those things can create an environment that can, um, an emotional environment that can bring out good and bad. And so when we're looking at all of the the input, the throughput, the output, and the um, when the feedback, we need to be thinking about those parts and how they create, how, how the data there creates some emotional, um, you know, feelings around how money is being spent or accumulated or how time is being spent uh, over a period of time. And, and And one thing that I think is really important is that when we're talking about bringing people together, especially when there's differences of opinion around money, we have to think about, I think, four things. And this is sort of family rules. Again, this information came from Financial uh, Therapy Association and the the data that it's the researcher uh, published this information. Nichols was the last name in 2006. If you are finding yourself at this time of the year and finally to the point that I wanted to share with all of you, if you're finding this uh, point in the year to be stressful based on financial decisions that are being made, I'd like you to sit down and think about four key topics, four key family rules. One is the behavior of a family. The the what range are people comfortable with? Because usually there's it's not a, a left or right. The answer is is somewhere in the middle. So where is everybody comfortable in the middle? What are the ranges of comfort? If you can sit down and agree to those ranges, I, th- I think that takes a lot of stress off the family because we agreed to stay within these ranges. It's not somebody saying, you know, don't spend money. It's saying, let's stay within these ranges, right? So that's that's one thing. 
Another thing is to eliminate, if at all possible, negative feedback the guilt, the punishment, they're all mechanisms sometimes that families use to enforce the rules and maintain that that sort of homeostasis. But try to stay away from that negative feedback. Feedback's good, but negative feedback can can bring out emotion sometimes that, you know, just makes you go backwards instead of forward. And then also set some patterns of family interactions. Uh, how will you react? Um, what will happen? I'm not talking about what has happened in the past. I'm talking how will we deal with the situation if we navigate outside of the governed range and we start to hear negative feedback or give ne- negative feedback? What pattern will we step into? What will we, how will we re- react if we start to um behave in that manner. And then also along that same lines is when negative feedback is ineffective and you notice, take that positive feedback loops and make sure that they're implemented and triggered at that point in time. So it's easy to give negative feedback. It's hard to give positive feedback in a lot for a lot of people. So, you know, if I'm overspending in a situation and my spouse says to me, you're overspending, um, you're going outside the pattern, that is true feedback, but I could take it as negative feedback. Whereas if my spouse says, I noticed that we're outside the range just a little bit. Can we take a look at this together? And just make sure that we pull it back in for the rest of this month or whatever uh, the situation is. Maybe it's planning for vacation. Maybe it's um, just general spending. You know, how do we how do we loop that back into a positive conversation or uh, uh, how we you know agreed upon a certain range, right? So. As we wrap up uh, the, the holiday season, like I said, I know a lot of discussion around the table starts to happen. This could be discussion around finances, like specific finances. This could be discussion in the bedroom. It could be discussion in the car. Uh, it could be all of those discussions. And my favorite discussions with my husband tend to be in the car. In fact, I heard that from a couple of clients recently that some of the comments that we've been sharing with them and, and topics that we've been sharing with them over time have been in the car and they've generated some really good conversations. Uh, and in fact, I would I would leave this podcast with uh, some suggestions. Uh, over the past year for our clients, we've been asking them a couple of questions and I just added one recently. But one is, you know, if um, one question that I love to ask clients is over the past year, what have you spent money on that has brought you joy? The second question I've asked them is something that they are really proud of and that could be financial or non-financial. And the third question that I've been adding uh, to clients recently is I can't imagine life without dot, dot, dot. All of those questions can be brought back to a money conversation. But if you have the answers to those questions to begin with, and then you you think about them in the um, realm of financial planning, you can lean your spending one way or the other because you know that you're money is matching your values. I'm very excited to talk about these kinds of topics. Hopefully everybody else learned from today's discussion and I gave you some food for thought as you head into the holiday. As I mentioned, make sure you stay tuned next week for the team recording and for the big announcement that I keep teasing you with. Please hop on over if you have a moment to iTunes and rate us so that more great people like you can find the podcast and continue to learn from us as we grow the podcast. And a special thank you to TJ Mian of Mian Media as he fixes all the faux pas that we make while we're recording this podcast. Thank you, everyone. And we look forward to you listening next week. 
that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at RootedPG for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. Don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.